Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of It's Not Only Football, Friday Night Lights, and Beyond. Today, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 22. That's right, the big finale, State. Zach? Mm. Matt needs a haircut. So does Street. There are a lot of car rides, and Panthers play for State. No spoilers. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, Not only did Street and Saracen need a haircut, apparently Zach did as well, and he has finally done it. Haircut for Zach, you would never tell, as it's hiding under the hat. But true or false... Take it off. Take it off. True or false, Zach, for uh, any coverage of Season 2 and beyond of Friday Night Lights, uh, you're going to have a different outfit. Yeah, um, you know, uh, I'm going to mix it up. You know, the people have spoken, and they're tired of this look. (laughs) They, so they got a whole they, new one. Um, uh, just wait. You guys, the, the, the people are going to love it. Yeah. So stay tuned. But we are not here to talk about season two and beyond. We are here to talk about the end of season one. Uh, State was written by Jason Kadams, who wrote a ton of episodes. He wrote Eyes Wide Open, Little Girl, I Want to Marry You, Changes, State. And he did this one with Patrick Massett and John Zinman, who also did Get Her Done and uh, Black Eyes and Broken Hearts. And it was directed by Jeffrey Reiner, uh, who directed eight out of 22 episodes in season one. That's a lot. Wow. Did he do 20? I forget. Did he do the last episode before this? Uh, Yes. Best Laid Plans, he did. Okay. I think we cross-boarded them. Yeah. Oh, that might have been the case. Mm -hmm. For everybody out there who doesn't know what cross-boarding is, it's um, you take two episodes and you schedule them at the same time to to shoot at the same time, which does nothing but confuse actors. We already have a problem. Because we're stupid. (laughs) Sometimes it's even more than two episodes. When we did Good Girls, we had to crossboard six episodes Ugh, during COVID. I'll one-up you. I shot something where we crossboarded eight episodes. It oh was confusing, God. and there was time travel in it. Well, I'm oh, going to make you never. guys completely <laughs> jealous. I shot no. a film once where we shot it chronologically. Every scene that w- was shot in actual order. We never shot a scene out of order, and it was awesome. It was called 10 Years, about a 10-year high school reunion. It was awesome. It was <laughs> awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Reiner directed Eyes Wide Open, Wind Sprints, Crossing the Line, Little Girl I Want to Marry You, Black Eyes and Broken Hearts, Ch-Ch-Ch-Changes, Best Laid Plans, and State. If I haven't said this out loud, I want to take this moment to say it. If I have said it out loud, I'm so sorry to our audience to hear me say it out loud again. I completely credit Jeffrey Reiner with, like, 80% of the show. Pete Berg set the tone. Dave Boyd set the look. But Reiner came in and was like, cool, that's what you guys did in the pilot. I can keep that going. And like you said, he did mm-hmm. eight out of 22 of the first ep- of the episodes in the first season. I mean, and then every director, his job was saying, this is how the show works. This is how it looks. This is the tone. And so I think he is 100% the unsung hero in football terms, the 12th man. Yeah. But uh, I think he deserves so much credit for what Friday Night Lights was. And um, I don't think he gets it enough yeah no he well, completely being the does. tone like holding the tone of a show is hard and i feel like it 
it's such a gift when you have somebody that you can trust to like keep you on track to like, and it makes a big difference. It's like one of those subtle sort of ephemeral things. I think that you don't really even notice until it's wrong. And then you're like, something is not really, you know, fitting here. So it's like such a gift to be able to have somebody who's that dedicated. And also he was able to navigate the speed in which we moved. Mm -hmm. He was the one that really did see the vision all the way through to the end of the season. So uh, big shouts to Jeffrey Reiner. Uh, he is one of my favorite people in the world. 100%. Man, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode, if it was not only football, man, was a lot of things, but two things in particular for me. Um, thing one is the sorrow that comes immediately after like a job well done or a big victory. Mm-hmm. I think like this particular episode does a great job of, you know, capturing the feeling that you have maybe in your senior year of high school, if you loved high school, I know a lot of people didn't, or um, winning a championship with a team and you know that that team will never be that the team. same mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And a victory is also an ending. It was also Jason Street does not beatbox, and I will tell that story later. Oh, boy. <laughs> Zach, what was it if it was not only football for you? I don't know, man. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i mean i told you i was like I, I mean we'll get into it or maybe it's now I he's watched, upset i was, up, I, was going something. I felt such a letdown on this episode i was like this is the season finale here's what i'll say i loved all the um landry with the colette family and oh, then good. grandma saracen and then hmm. lila like all that stuff felt earned and great that was the stuff that oh, this good. show is it's the it's the relationships i gotta tell you this show's not only football, but it was too much football for me. I think Zach's It's Not Only Football is the show didn't stick the landing, and hopefully by the end of this podcast, we have changed your mind, May. Well, first of all, I just want to say I love you guys. I think you're both so smart and funny and cool, and I'll never compliment you again, so take it with you. Um, we, and, okay, uh, okay. It's Not Only this, Football right? is she loves us, and we're moving on. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Well, it also is important to me to now counteract that with the fact that oh, uh, I think you guys should all know that Zach fell out of his chair and onto the ground before this <laughs> podcast started fully on the ground shoe up like in my in defense this chair is on wheels it moves <laughs> okay so many no most chairs most, i'm looking around I'm, I'm looking through this window i see adam our producer laughing at me he's sitting on a <laughs> couch it's not going anywhere so many chairs <laughs> have wheels to- zach so many oh, chairs many. have wheels. Well, I don't know how this one. This long. I don't know how much WD forty is in this studio, but this chair <laughs> is elusive. All right, all right. So anyway, okay. So it's uh, for me. First of all, I thought it was very astute, Scott. Your uh, way of describing kind of the sadness, but I also something that really stood out to me was the concept of having to try to live fully and do your best and give your best, even when you don't have a guarantee of what the outcome is going to be. And I think like that sort of sitting in that uncertainty and still putting your heart out there and being vulnerable and doing your best, even though you're, you don't know if you're going to be okay or safe or win or whatever it is. um, I think like there's a lot of that going on in this episode. To piggyback on what May said, I I think (laughs) not what I said, this was a phenomenal season of television and i think we'll do a recap you know situation and kind of talk about like the overarching themes of the season at a different time but um you know this episode is the culmination of this specific team everything they've fought through everything they've stood 
by each other to accomplish and all of the betrayals as well. Like it, it's, they've got to deal with all of it. And I don't think without that feeling that may was just talking about, you're kind of sad that this is over. And as a viewer, I'm sad that this season of television is over because I think it stands alone as one of the great seasons that I've ever seen of television. And then I, I very rarely would say that about anything that I'm a part of, but watching and just understanding the genius of Jason and the rest of our writers of Jeffrey on set and of Pete's vision of David's David Boyd's vision, watching all of these incredible performances. Um, I was sad because the season was over and somehow they were able to capture that and bottle that and put it into this episode. It doesn't feel triumphant as much as it feels like a letdown. No. And I'll let you know why. <laughs> a melancholy end <laughs> to a phenomenal Phenomenal I will tell you this, and it, this kind of I realize this. Zach is it. worked up today, I'm, y'all. So I'm strap pissed, in. man. I'm pissed, <laughs> and I feel like I've had this with so many shows, and I just realized it. And I forgot the penultimate episode of a season, and a lot of times of a series is usually so much better than the finale. Think of uh, Game of Thrones. Everyone hated it. I, I didn't it, watch it. I didn't watch it. I'm not going to tell really. you what happened. But so many, it's like the last one is like, well, let's wrap it up. Let's give them the answers that they wanted. The second to last one is like, let's do all the stuff, blah, blah, blah. But if we just do all the stuff and then it ends, then everyone's going to be like, well, what happened? It's like, oh, well, let's tell them what happened. All right. Starts out. <laughs> hopefully we can pick Zach up here with a pep rally. Yep. Woo. You know what my notes say? Lila not into it. Guess who wasn't also? Okay. Me. All right. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, the pep rally. I, do you remember that? It was like. We drove like 45 minutes, 50 minutes outside was of Austin. Was that in Homer? I think it was in Homer, it, Texas. Yes, Homer, Where, Texas. Uh, weird piece of um, trivia. Uh? We had our first photo shoot after we got picked up and before we even started shooting the show. We went to Homer, Texas and had some weird photo shoot. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, full circle. Man, yeah. TV, circle of life. There you go. Circle of life. See? You're feeling um, better already. A lot of that Main Street is 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 empty. It's just... Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those towns that a lot of like the downtown area, like all the businesses shuttered. And so I remember being there and it feeling like such a ghost town. But yeah, you know, we're out there on the street. We're doing our little pep rally thing. And yes, no, Lila's not into it. She's finishing the mission, I think. Like she's like, I'm, I'm going to complete the season. Yeah, good and then for I'm, her. She's not, not going to quit. <laughs> um, you know, we've got cool. press interviewing everybody. All the players again are on microphone. You know, Smash is talking smack about voodoo. I'm saying I feel like it's all come full circle. It's actually a line that I say. But when Lila comes off stage, it just seems like she sees Tim, and then she sees Jason, and then she sees her dad. And it's just like every dude in her life is just not being a very stand-up person. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's over it. But he tries to apologize. She's like, no, I'm out of here. This is done. She's turning in the PT Cruiser. But uh, but like you said, I think the greatest moment of the pep rally is is Tyra walking up to Landry and saying, hey, Tim gave me his 50-yard line tickets. And although it goes against everything in my being to go to this football game, I feel like I got good seats for once. So do you want to go with me? Ugh, in my notes. But isn't she also like, I feel like he needs me. I'm like, Tyra, no. No. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm with you on that. Man. Like, <laughs> but- I didn't like that Riggins went up to her and was like, I hate take my tickets. You need me. Like, I'm like, rig it, big rig. Let, I mean, can we Tyra... all agree real quick? I mean, the biggest mistake that this is the first episode where the biggest mistake Tim makes is like, you know, um, re gifting his tickets, which you're like, well, it's an honest mistake. But 
Landry's look you know, when Tyra says, "Will you drive?" He's like, "You mean drive the?" She walks away, and he like looks three sixty around the crowd. Like, did this just happen? <laughs> Is this real life? Is this real life? Was it's priceless? So good. <laughs> um, you know, he very quickly starts planning this uh, incredibly romantic one-on-one <laughs> trip up to Dallas. You know. With these yeah, like yeah. chocolates. Are we gonna talk about those chocolates? What's what what are what what's in there? It's what is just that? chocolate. What's going on? He's a very Christian no. kid. He's got a band called Crucifictorious, he's and he read Christian. an article saying that chocolate is an aphrodisiac. And he's like, "All right, this is the thing." I drove to this chocolate store out of town, and I I got some of these really good chocolates out of town. Can we do a quick beyond? Sure. Um, yeah. Aphrodisiacs, a thing or yes. not a thing? Great word. I'll tell you this. I went to lunch yesterday with my wife. Mm-hmm. And I had Here some oysters, go. which are no. I was going to say enough. oysters. Yeah, I had some. She I had didn't. oysters yesterday too. But I was she know. into you for not? Even though she didn't have oysters, was she into it or was she kind of like oive? It's usually an ove yeah. vibe. Sure. But is is aphrodisiacs a thing? Was Landry's best laid plans ill laid or smartly laid? No, they were cringy. I buy it. Well, they were cringy. They were cringy. Sure. they were cringy as all hell. He's like, we're going to listen to sexy Crucifictorious tunes. I've got these chocolates that are going to have her be into me. I'm like, ah. I loved his speech at the end of the last episode, but this whole thing, a little bit cringy to me. He's just excited. Whatever, it works. Everybody's getting all tingly in that car. <laughs> so yeah. joke's on you guys. I mean, Everybody's... he's like got a car full of beautiful women. He's a lucky guy. That's right. Pep Rally yeah. had a couple of things cut from it. Uh, Under review. Yeah, coach getting (laughs) under review. Uh, Coach getting grilled by Mayer and the boosters during the day. Um, The secret is already out uh, at the beginning of this episode in the script. Mayor Rodell saying, I'm hearing some rumors that uh, you might not be with us too much longer. So the rumors have been percolating as far as, you know, down in Dylan, as far as the script goes. Um, There's also a little aside scene with. uh, Riggins and Lila, where he comes up to her and he's like, I hear you and Streeter are on the outs. And it kind of rekindles a little bit of what they had. And it actually says in the script, uh, Riggins gives her one of those charming smiles. Something makes her want to stay there like forever, which is what makes her realize she has to get out of there right away. And she runs. Oh, ew. You didn't like that. That's why I don't read stage directions. (laughs) That's why I don't read scripts. You know what I'm saying? It's why I just show up up and figure it out. (laughs) Wow. It's gotten me this far, which is nowhere. Yeah, but but so it's interesting. We've talked about it in the past couple episodes about storylines that get picked up, like the cash storyline, Saracen receiving cash in his locker, Mm -hmm. and then just don't get actually completed or they don't make a big deal of it or they just wish they wouldn't have put it in the episode in the first place. So that's, I think, what happens with the the TMU thing. So it's so surprising. But it works much better when he gets ambushed at Dallas Cowboys, Texas Stadium. It's a jump scare. It's a true jump scare. In the meantime, (laughs) he's looking for somebody Right out the chair. (laughs) he's, He's looking for somebody who's not there, though. And that's where we see Tammy Taylor for the first time. And in her car. There we go. In her car, yeah. She had to get a press release out. Uh, in the script, that press release is for Mayor Rodell's campaign, which another storyline we just never uh. Uh, followed through on. And uh, she pulls into Planned Parenthood. We get a scene with her and uh, – Love Planned Mama Parenthood. Smash, Planned you know, Parenthood forever. Mama Smash. And, uh, the best. In the script, she gives a ton of reasons why she has to get her uh, pregnancy test done right then and there. 
in the, in the, in the show, it doesn't, uh, she doesn't say too much about it, but it's like a whole paragraph long in the script. So, um, what is it? Why does she? What's the problem? What's, what does she have to say? Because she we doesn't played sex, she, and now I'm pregnant. All right, let me find it. Okay, hold on. Also, she's like, she oh, I, can't, I don't have it. time to go home. I'm like, just get one out at CVS and pee on it and wait I, ten minutes. Science is amazing. Yeah. See, another bone to pick. I with mean, the writers thank God, in this finale. Planned Parenthood is there, though. Thank she God. Says, because- she says, "Today's the day we leave. I don't have a chance to go home, and I don't want to do it in a roadside bathroom." Now, I might have had some catfish tacos on Monday that didn't quite agree with me, and I need to know right now what's rumbling around inside of me. Are those the tacos or not? So as I drove by this place, Ah. I saw your sign, and that was a sign to me that I needed to do this. Not next Tuesday, not next Wednesday, not any other day. I need to do this right now. And I can understand why. I mean, later in the episode, you you come to find out they've been trying for so long and have been – unsuccessful in in many ways and whatever that means you know it it just seems that at this time there's there's a hope and there's a fear in her that uh she just has to know and thank I, god there was somewhere for her to go where she could be safe yeah. and thank god for seen, parent, planned supported parenthood. and loved thank yeah. god for planned parenthood so she gets to go and that was the uh, that was the under review there and and coach is like on the phone with her what is so important that you can't be here and uh i think we can all agree this is this is Way more important than and being. It was like, it's not right. only football, coach. It's not only football. Can I? I'm going to go unlinear, which I know Scott likes to be. Go, baby. Yeah, so no, let's sorry. do it. I let's get unlinear. Unlinear. It's a free I, um, I, I have it in my notes somewhere, but I do have a memory of it. The scene where she finally comes out and tells coach that she's pregnant mm. is such an amazing. I, I love the scene, A, and I've experienced that moment in my life, um, and I've had to act that moment in a movie, and. Kyle Chandler did it better than I've done in real life or in fake life. <laughs> it was yeah. What was reactions? His was it was a, well. Mine were. Uh, I'll give you an intimate story. The first time my wife found out she was pregnant, she was on the toilet and peed on the stick and was like, "Boom, you're pregnant!" And then we were like kissing with like her pants around her ankles and like super <laughs> pumped and excited. And that's the way I played it in the movie where I had to do it once. I'm like, yay! Oh, oh. But like, and it, maybe they're at a different point in life. You know, it's a surprise. They have a teenage daughter. They're going through all this stuff. But like, it yeah. was just such a like beautiful, you know, I through know. all the stuff he's going through, I'm about to play for state. I'm taking this job. I'm going to be vilified by this community that I'm representing in their love. And it's like, wait, what? Did I just get the best news ever? And it is that like that moment where you're kind of in shock, like good shock. Yeah. Like this can't be true. This is way too good a news to be true. And it was – I never would have thought to play it that way. And maybe you guys would have. In real life. And I think – I think <laughs> in real life, I would never – I'm pregnant. Wait, is this the best news ever? <laughs> well, so – Let's take it back. The – that particular scene is a lot different in the script. Oh, and boy. so leave it to Kyle and Connie to pay off what – it's so subtle when they talk about it. You know, when Mama Smash says, are, are you, you know, ready or did you want this baby? And she's like, did I want it? I wanted it 13 years ago or 11 years ago or nine years ago and those never worked out and – Am I ready now? I, I don't know. Connie carries that with such grace, and so does Kyle. And in this scene where she finally tells him, um, 
there's such a gentle fear and hope mm. and all of these things that she somehow delivers in just these few words. And their scene back and forth is is just so perfect. Look me in the eyes and tell me that we're going to have a baby. She's already told him three <laughs> times. And she's like, honey, I'm I'm telling you. And you look a little peaked. What is happening? I love that. And then it's just that laugh of Kyle's and that pure joy and the two of them um, scared and excited and all of those things all together. Mm-hmm. In the script, he's like, I knew it would happen eventually. I just knew it. I've been hoping. I can't believe it's happening. Oh, my gosh. Why are you standing out here? Why did you drive up here? You got to get off your feet. I'm going to make you some tea. He, like, takes her shoes off Jesus. and starts rubbing her yeah, feet right away. TV and I'm like, this right is there. not good. Ew. This is not good at all. No I, love no, I never offered to take my wife's shoes off when she told me she was pregnant. <laughs> I, I mean, I, her pants were around well, Maybe her you should have. <laughs> I rub my wife's feet all the time. Even though I want to keep talking about Coach and Tammy right now, uh, we'll wrap it up after the game. Do you ever fantasize about who you'd be if you lived somewhere different? Maybe you'd surf if you lived by the ocean. Or if you lived above a coffee shop, maybe you'd finally write that novel. If you had a dishwasher, maybe you'd actually cook a proper dinner at home. Well, with over 1 million available units for rent on Apartments.com, the you abilities are endless. And with instant alerts, you will never miss out on seeing what could be your new perfect place. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. It's not only football. Friday Night Lights and Beyond is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Now, most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. Yeah, like you're listening to us talk, but you're probably also driving or you're cleaning, exercising, maybe even grocery shopping. That's that's what I do. Throw the AirPods in, podcast, why grocery shop. It's pretty awesome. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there's something else you can be doing right now. Getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy and you can save money by doing it right from your phone. And drivers who save by switching to Progressive save nearly $700 on average and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy or being a homeowner and more. So just like your favorite podcast, us, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year. So you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 29 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $698 by new customers surveyed who saved Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Let's get back on a track here. I guess uh, let's jump into the Landry and Tyra storyline a little bit further because that's, I think, where we left off, you know. There's the great scene where you're just so you're so frustrated with Landry. Oh my god. You have so you're much so on your You're so emo in general. You like, guys, my girlfriend's going to move to Austin. We were going to get married. Oh no. Is this why you don't like the episode because Saracen oh, is just I, so I, emo in no, this episode? No, it's fine with it. I, it's fine. <laughs> you know, Saracen he kind of hits these walls where he's like it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, he's a very sensitive little sweetie, sweetie. I can relate to that. Boy. I get to points in my life where it's too much. To agree Clearly. with you from a point earlier, I do think that I like the car ride scenes and that journey of Landry oh. to Dallas better than the game it's itself. Incredible, hundred percent, definitely. <laughs> I love it. I loved every moment of it. I love the um, coincidence. Like 
coincidental spotting of Lila along the road, which you knew it was going to happen. Cause you're, and, it, and it's like, cool, they're all going to Dallas. And I guess Lila left before they left, and there's only one road from yeah, and Dylan her, to and Dallas. her new used car, because she yeah. gives her daddy her car back, and, and she's like, says, I don't want guy. this. I bought, I'm going to buy this 92 Honda or whatever it is from Crespo. And he's like, that guy's a rat dirtbag. She's like, I don't care. I liked him. Yeah. I'm taking this car. She has, she's just singing, just oh. singing in the car when her car breaks down. In the meantime, though, Landry's uh, shown up at the Colette house. And I love his first line as soon as Mindy opens the door. Hey, Mindy, how's the stripping going? <laughs> 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 Which, for those that are listening and not able to watch, may almost just spit her salad all over her computer. So very. <laughs> Wait, is that in the script? Yeah, it is. That oh, is scripted. That is it. not. You wish it was Plemons improving? No, that's in the script. Um, it's really good. For some of the weird stuff that got cut or whatever, a lot of the like golden lines in this episode are scripted. And uh, that is one of them. No, they usually are. I mean, none of us are that smart. Tatum's, or, baby. Clever. We love our writers. We support them in the strike. Just 100%, so you know. 100%. 100%. He finds out very quickly that uh, she doesn't have 50-yard line tickets anymore, she being Tyra, that uh, Riggins pulled a fast one on her, gave his tickets to Bo and Jackie next door. And then uh, she very she's like, four tickets in the nosebleeds, so my sister and my mom are coming with us. They well, load up a 1,000 tons of luggage in the car. He's driving along. His her mom's eating all his chocolates. Oh, and she's like getting a funny feeling. And she's like horny, yeah. Angela's getting a little tingly all over. I know, that was uncomfortable. And then who does he see? But Lila Garrity. No, another no. one of our all-time grandma. Oh, grandma. Oh, for, who does he see? One of our all-time favorite people, Luann Stevens. Uh, who, by the way, Lorraine I'm glad it was like Saracen. because originally when he came to your house, you were like, "Can you give her a ride?" And he was like, "She has to take the bus." And I was like, "Fuck you!" Like that was so disrespectful. Which she was and then do. I was like, "And she was going to do like, it." But like, no, she no, of course the not, best. May. Of course, of she deserves best. the best. She was going to go up there with her "I'm Matt Saracen's grandma" sweater that she wears at the game oh. at the yeah. end. She's got a little. She's got a little button up, and she's got a little sweater over it, and it says, "I'm Matt Saracen's grandma." How cute! Wow, is that? Anyway, they're in the car. Uh, what uh, Lady Marmalade's on? Oh yeah, she's and, having the time of her life talking well, about hot flashes, periods. I love to hear it. Possibly my favorite moment of the entire episode. They're all singing in time to the music, and they're like, "Gitchy, gitchy, love night, yeah, yeah." And then she goes, "Yeah, yeah," and she's like <laughs> off beat, out of rhythm. And <laughs> Grandma Sarah just raises the roof and says, "Yeah, yeah," out of nowhere. And I just I rewound it like four times. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't remember it, go find it. The episode it's so oh, good. and then the the I mean maybe it's when they finally see Lila, but like the chocolate ice cream around her mouth. Oh yeah, she's got oh, the chocolates on her, and she I mean she very quickly. And this is what I love about the show is. They've done such a good job in very little time of establishing so many relationships. And one of them that I love so much, and I think the oh, fans do too, Tyra. is her and Tyra. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so cute. Is that Tyra Collette? Did you bring the booze? It's like iconic. That's the first thing she says when she's headed towards the car. And it is. It is iconic. That relationship is fantastic. And uh, they see Lila. And we got the big blowout scene. Lila and Tyra. Great scene. Now, now Great she's scene. like, do not pull over. Landry turns around at Tyra and says, it's, it's Christian the Christian thing, thing to, to do. do. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she, can't, she can't argue with it. I mean, then the big blowout. Uh, how do we feel about the whole yelling scene? Okay. All I have to say 
is once again, Tyra's so cool. I think like, I, I mean, yes, does she call her a cheating cheerleader bitch at the beginning of the scene? Of course. Mm-hmm. But I love how she kind of like, even if the delivery isn't perfect, I love how she lays it out in a way that's sort of like, this is the issue I have. It's like, this is what, it's not even like a moral thing. It's not a whatever. It's like, you slept with my boyfriend. And when, you know, Lila says, well, but you guys were on a break. Tyra is like, okay, here's an example. Like I heard you and Jason aren't doing so great. Should I go and sleep with him? And it's like, it kind of makes, I think, Lila understand a little bit about how that made her feel. And then of course, Lila is able to talk about her family and saying, you know, you're my dad sleeping with your mom ruined my life too. They're getting a divorce, et cetera. I'm hurt as well. And I think like there's something about that. My One of my favorite moments in this whole episode is when, you know, Lila says, well, I'm sorry. I blah, 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 blah. Okay. And, you know, Tyra says, apology not accepted. And she's like, oh, fine, then whatever. And Tyra's like, no, apology not accepted because you didn't mean it. And I thought that that was like really like just once again, really mature. And it kind of like, I think makes Lila see kind of actually like understand they actually get somewhere as opposed to just being empty apologies and whatnot. They actually are able to like, like repair or start to repair their relationship, which I think is really cool. And I, I like, I love it. I love what you're saying too. And if you give me a real apology that you mean, I will forgive you. Yes. But until you give that to me, I'm not going to. And it's totally, it's such a, I don't know. I, it's a big thing I've learned in my adult years is real apologies mean a lot. Just saying I'm yes. sorry doesn't mean shit. Um, and Correct. I tell my kids that all the time in those exact words. <laughs> Tyra doesn't apologize for anything. Tyra's unapologetic. Um, I don't know that, uh, She's never done anything that she doesn't have to apologize for. But here, like I would have been (laughs) – I'm the type of person that like when I get an apology, for some reason I feel like I immediately have to be – I'm sorry too. (laughs) I'm like (laughs) – you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like Mm -hmm. she does call Lila a lot of names and she has throughout the season been on Lila's ass, not always for warranted reasons. I I don't know. So anyway. But I think the bigger issue is – so for this like what fake 17-year-old to be like I just want you to hear why it felt bad. And I want you to understand to me why it felt bad, what you did. And like, I'm willing to move past this. If you can just let me know that, like validate my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing I really love about this scene is that for almost the entire season, Lila has been asking Tyra, what is your problem with me? And Tyra has Mm. never really told her like what's at the crux of it all. And they've never had that conversation because Tyra's always been, you know, she's got a thick skin and she doesn't let a lot of people in in order for her to tell Lila what really has been bugging her. She has to let her in a little bit and she does. And Mm. they apologize and a friendship is born anew. Um, Yes. Mirroring this drive up where now Landry has picked up five women. (laughs) He's just chauffeuring a girl's weekend at this point. Uh, The team is driving up to Dallas. I have been on Mm. these team buses and, you know, that bus drive is something I miss so much. You are spending time with no other worries. You're not practicing. You're not doing – you're just sitting there with your teammates that you've gone through so much with. And I don't know. It's one of those moments where you – the pressure is kind of off, and it's that kind of quiet, that calm before the storm. And there's something that I miss so much about that. Anyway, yeah, they arrive at – 
Dallas Cowboy Stadium. Now that is actually the stadium. This that, is really cool. Yeah, that the, the Dallas Cowboys played at uh, Dallas Cowboys Texas Stadium in Irving, Texas. Uh, the Cowboys played there for thirty-eight seasons. Damn. The season after we shot State. Was this the last season? The season after after we shot State was their final season in that stadium before wow. they moved to Arlington. And so we were kind of one of the last things to happen in that stadium. Oh, dude, it wow. was so cool. It was like, I mean, I'm not from Texas. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I being, being a football fan, an NFL fan, and then being in Texas for a year – I really got to understand, like, this is holy ground. And to be able Mm -hmm. to walk out, to be able to go into that uh, locker room and then walk out onto that field and stand on that star, it's just something not a lot of people get to do. And it was, it was (laughs) awesome. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about just standing in the middle of a field without a crowd there. It was like, this is amazing. When we walked into the locker room, you see... Zach as Saracen standing in front of a locker with his name on it. You see the look on his face and it's just, it's not acting it. That was the feeling that we all yeah. had. Same, same with Gaius. You see Smash's face like light up and he's like, I, it's like this thought of, I cannot believe I'm in this room, man. Like this is Hall of Famers, like Super Bowl champions. Like these are their lockers. Yeah, this I'm is literally this where is, they were uh, when they won. And so, so cool. Awesome. And then one of the coolest things, and I don't know if you remember this, uh, they did not let us walk down to the field or out onto the field until we shot us walking onto the field yeah. for the first time. So us wow, actually, smart. and there is one actor who's been on the show all season long. His name's Kendrick, and uh, he's one of the background actors. He's gotten a couple of speaking lines now and then, yeah. but his look says it all because he's born and raised Texan. Yeah. And for some of us, it was incredible, and we felt like the magnitude of it. But in his face. As he's walking down, he's he's to the left of Smash when you see us all walk into the field. His face is just total and complete awe. Like, mm. this is the moment of a lifetime for some people, you know? So I can only imagine high schoolers who get to play on this holy ground uh, in their terms, you know? that's It's pretty incredible. It so to really be able cool. to shoot there, to be able to stand on the star, to be able to play in that stadium, play on the same turf yeah. as like NFL players and do all of this. Uh, it was pretty special to us. And they did a really good job capturing that. I mean, a, that's so cool when, you know, I personally am, am like an actor who loves like capturing those moments. Like I love being fed stuff that's like new or that makes me have a reaction. Something I don't know is coming. That's the thing that, you know, especially at least in my experience, Jason Kim's shows do so well with is like, they understand the gold in those moments of like trusting the actors that they have and then giving them this new feeling, this new thing and capturing the the genuine moments there. And I feel like we did a lot of that on parenthood. And I feel like it just makes a big difference when you see it, like watching that, you know, you can feel that that is the first time you've ever seen it. And it, it makes a big difference. And plus then the theme song's playing and I get the tingles anytime that yeah. theme song is playing. I just like, I was tingling, you know, and, and it's another, and moment it wasn't from you... the chocolates. <laughs> it's another moment where you see <laughs> these kids just being kids. They're out there. They're throwing a ball around. They're like, just like on the field for the first time, and just having the time of their life. And then 
here come the stormtroopers in West Cambria, which uh, you all will be uh, glad to know. I have no idea who West Cambria is. I did what? a ton of research. No. I, I think what? West Cambria oh is my But the jerseys. It's no. like when you meet your heroes and they completely fall made short. up. Completely made tumble. up. Tumble. They comes have the slow tumble. And then it gets a little bit more serious. You know, coach turns to all of his players and says, don't even look at them. Stay within yourselves. Okay. Let's just mind our own business, basically. And then all of that joy and everything, you see the nerves start to come in a little bit. And then all the players are talking to the press again. You know, uh, Voodoo is calling you a bug, smaller than a bug, a flea. Eh, whatever. He's going to get squashed by my defensive line. He's talking smack. You're being humble as can be. Smash, of course, is saying, you know, oh, oh, he thinks it's destiny that he's going to win. No, we'll show him some destiny. Show him some destiny in a couple of days. He's just Voodoo. being so kind and everything. But he's then coach he's gets, gets put on blast. At, he's mad at coach. Coach gets put he's on blast. Fuming. And every single player hears it. That he's leaving. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? When you fast forward to like that scene with Buddy, which is like, I, I love that scene because yes. it's so good. He's so right and so honest, and he makes every point. And it's like, he's doing absolutely nothing wrong. It's like, what is he going to be a high school yeah. coach for the rest of his life? Yeah. Why? No, 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 no. I'm saying he does nothing oh, wrong. I'm sorry. He, I mean, he literally looks at Buddy at that <laughs> yeah. dinner, at like the night before banquet, and says, before you start in on me, because. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure as the audience, I mean, as the audience member, I felt like Buddy was going to say something to him. Oh, it was too. much different. And that this was a brilliant scene. You're completely right. Buddy's like, can I have a word for a minute? And he's like, listen, before mm-hmm. you start in, I thought this was a five-year <laughs> commitment. But after the second game of the year, I was hearing that I was about to be fired. So do not come at me with anything about me leaving to go take this job because the commitment was not there on your side. It was on my side. And until you showed me that you weren't going to stand by me, you know, yeah. I – I was ready to stick it out. And now? And then, and then buddy? Buddy. Buddy's like, look, I just want to come by, coach, and tell you congratulations, Eric. You're a good man. You've been a good friend. You know? He's like, a good Leland. And coach is like, yeah. it's not bad, right? It was good. It's Brad's look on his face makes me actually believe that he was not coming to. Like, it wasn't a, a Buddy Garrity moment where he's, like, pivoting. It seemed so oh, genuine. Yeah. He said, no, Eric, I just wanted yeah. to come and tell you that I'm going to miss you. And you're a damn fine football coach, and that's that's all I wanted Who's to say. Who's was better? Whose buddy was oh, better? I'm not competing with May's buddy. She's infinitely better. No, I just thought it was a great scene. And then, I mean, but he gets up there, and then he digs the knife in, like, like Tammy did last episode, where he goes up and he says, I want to introduce you to the man who brought oh. us to state in his first year as coach, my friend. Eric Taylor. Oh, man. Yeah, two episodes in a row, he gets podiumed. I uh, know, he does get podium, podiumed, but... <laughs> podium. I think Kyle's speech here was impeccable. I think when he gets up, it's not rah-rah. It is completely honest. As he is wont to do, he throws every line just away. And the whole message behind it is so smart. And so well delivered, and uh, every bit of it was scripted. Oh, wow. This is one of the only times I've wow. like read a line for line. I've been I was watching, and I was like, went and checked, and it is line for line. He delivered every single word in that scene, and he mm. did it so well, man. It's so good. Gotta pay those writers. Uh, I have dreams, and I hope that every one of you has dreams, and that you will follow those dreams. I mean, it's such a great speech. 
And then he tacks on, I've never liked the press. This never liked been, the press. It should have been done different, and I'm sorry. And it's so plain and simple. And it's so Eric Taylor. I don't know. That was just like, for me, ugh, the scene is awesome. I liked it too. I, I mean, I was into it. Yeah, what's your? Where's your beef coming? Where I I keep waiting to hear about this theoretical hypothetical beef, and yet it seems like you're beef. down with the whole thing. Yeah, beef. You had beef with this episode. Well, let's yeah. let's get to the end. All right, let's get to the end. Let's it seems like he likes an awful lot of this. No, I just yeah. saying this right. Yeah, truly. All right, so then they go and they win state. Wait a minute! You're just gonna skip the whole thing. Jeez, Louise! It's football. We've all seen it. There's plays. Zach, it's football. Just because you didn't like the episode doesn't mean you can fast forward through everything. Well, okay, it kind of does. It kind of does. They're setting some things up for next season. Voodoo pitches Smash and maybe come and play with him at West Cambria. Smash is like, I'm a Panther, which I loved. And then Voodoo's like, it's just a uniform. Ask your coach. He's not sticking around. Um, that was that was pretty good lines. Uh, and then the scene with you and Coach uh, when you stayed out past curfew, the whole speech that he gives you about family—that is. I was with your just, daughter. I was like, dude, chill. He's not. Out. He's not mad. Earlier in the earlier in the like, episode, when he first catches you like Romeo and Juliet style, kissing behind the bleachers, like whatever at the pep rally. Yeah. Uh, he actually says, "Hey, can you stop that? Can you please do that somewhere else, preferably nowhere?" And can you please save some energy for the game? We didn't have a stadium full of extras with us. No. We never played in front of a full stadium of extras. And one of the questions that I've seen, so a little bit of press box early uh, in the comments is, at the football games, did we always play in front of full stadiums? No. What would happen is the background would get put into position where we were shooting the, you know, where the cameras were aimed. And then they would get shuffled over to a different part of the stadium and they would change clothes yeah. into like the other fans' colors or wardrobe. <laughs> and then they'd shift them back over and put them back in the other yeah. clothes. And then I'm sure some of them are CGI. Um, but that was not a full stadium. We didn't actually get to play in front of a full stadium. We got, we got to play in front of like a quarter, like, you know, lower bowl quarter of the stadium was full of background, but still pretty damn cool. And it was loud oh, in there. Cool. It was raucous. It was really, really neat. And I want to give a shout out to uh, our second AD, Tony Griffin, who, no matter what situation we were in, was able to communicate to sometimes a couple thousand background actors exactly what we needed in a moment. He was high energy, and it was such a big part of what we were able to do because whether it's in a high school hallway with a bunch of kids who are actual kids where he's trying to give them direction or a stadium full of raucous fans, he was always able to get the best out of them. I actually got to tell you, season one, he was a PA. Yeah, he wasn't. He even, was like yeah. low man on the totem pole, and he worked his way up to a first AD, and now through that, he is directing TV and blah blah blah. He's one of my, he's a close friend of mine to this day. But yeah, no, his energy. He was like such a special guy, and and we had a lot of those in our crew who just you know, even though it wasn't even really his job. Yeah, he was like, I'm gonna get this going because I care about this show, and that's. That's one of the many things that made the show special that you don't always have on a set. A big reason that the show Mm -hmm. is successful uh, outside of the people that we had working all the time was um, even the smallest character on the show could have the most profound lines. And they weren't afraid to give like really meaty, really cool stuff to unsung heroes of the show. We've talked about Laney Albright before and Stan Zisk. They are the color commentary and play-by-play guy. Uh, them and their performance during state is awesome. Right before halftime, Lanny Albright says, this town, these players, 
the folks that came up here, they would follow this man, Eric Taylor, to the ends of the earth. And I am so afraid that that is just where he has led them. And it is like this really doom and gloom, really super dramatic line. But man, that that line gave me chills. It's like, this is all just too much for this team to overcome. We've heaped a bunch of shit on this team all year long. And this is the thing that's breaking them. Coach leaving, them finding out the way that they found out. It has broken them, and it leads to one of the other things that makes this show work so well is the inspirational quotes from Coach Taylor. His halftime speech, I absolutely loved, and I cried during, and I don't know if it's because, I mean, it encapsulates the whole season. I mean, he mentions, you know, when Jason Street got hurt, everyone wrote us off, everyone, and yet here you are playing for a state championship right now. 40,000 people in the stadium have now written you off as well. But there are certain people out there who still believe in you. There are folks in there out there that will never give up on you. And when you go out on that field, that's who I want in your hearts. That's who I want in your minds. And then he gives his battle speech. Yep. Yeah, here's what point, my, this is for May's, May's thing um, in my notes. Every man is going to lose a battle, but what makes him a man is that he does not lose himself. In the midst. Wait, no, I'm not done. What? Big rig look. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> look on his face. Like, I don't I don't understand what he, he was just like, said. Oh, whatever no, you say, what? man. Let's go play huh? ball. <laughs> that speech is so good. I just, in the script, he actually is like, spells out, what clear eyes and what full hearts means. And in the locker room that day, Kyle said, I don't want to hear it. I am not explaining what clear eyes or full hearts means. Yeah. We are doing I took my headphones out. I do not want to even hear it. I don't want to have that spoiled. Yeah, it, it's in my legit. Head. It in means visine. It <laughs> means. No, it doesn't. I, I Unclogged arteries. arteries. <laughs> if, if anybody out there, if we do a recap episode or a scenes you missed episode, if you want me to read it and that let us know in the comments section, I am not want to read it right now. But uh, but yeah, that speech at halftime, the whole every man will lose a battle. And what's important is that he does not lose himself in the midst of that battle. Uh, I think about that line an awful lot. I love that. I think it's – I don't know if it's borrowed from anywhere. I think if Kadams wrote that, it's brilliant. And the way that Kyle delivered that speech, I think most people would expect a coach to be on fire and screaming at his team at the halftime of the state championship when they're losing. But, but that is just not who with, Coach Taylor yeah. is and what he does. Yeah. And it gets – and it works, man. It works. Smash goes off. Go like, second half. Seems like a different game. Yeah. Oh, no. Shoulder thing. <laughs> Smash gives zero. F- <laughs> six seconds left. Matt knows the yes. play. And then this is yes. my highlight of it. You've all heard Here me talk is. about Mitch. <laughs> this is his moment <laughs> to shine. <laughs> 34 minutes this and 50 seconds. My best childhood friend can be seen as we're panning off coach or off me or someone with his mouth open, just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then <laughs> coach trusts me. I go in. I call the play. It's a That's crazy cool. play. It's a But sc- guess what? Jason Street says on the sideline, oh. Matt you can run this play, don't yeah, I? You do. Tell Max me. saying, Max saying, it'll never work. Crowley saying, Max. that's never gonna. And Jason yeah, Streets there going, them. Matt, you can do this, man. Yeah, I got you. Jason's back, so brother. cool, man. Because I'm creative. <laughs> Listen to Bob <laughs> <Yeah>. Dylan. <laughs> You're about to say how we won the game, and I'm going to tell you the script. 
Oh, it's crazy. Go ahead. How do we win the game? Go ahead. Go ahead. Screen pass, Riggins. Shuffle pass. It's not a screen. It's, it's called a hook and a lateral. Sorry, whatever. It's I'm a just, hook and a lateral. Right? You throw, like it, to, like you throw it to Riggins. Riggins gets hit. He pitches it to Smash. Smash breaks more tackles. Apparently, we don't have a wide receiver on the team. No. Every single pass you throw in the second half whatever goes happened to, to a running back. What was his name? Dolia. Dolia. Dolia, Dolia has, has been, he's been kicked off the team. Yeah, smashes out there with a dislocated shoulder. He doesn't give a shit. We're still just going to throw to the running backs. But yes, 18 yard, <laughs> hook and lateral, and we win the game. However, However in the script, under review, under, under review, in the script, the play works. And then Smash gets blown up at the one yard line. He gets hurt again. He goes out of bounds, and the game is over. But there's a flag on the field. <gasps> And it cuts to coach pointing at the flag. Okay, this is in the stage direction. The, the stadium is silent. It turns out to be holding on the defense. Oh, thank goodness. You guys get one more chance. You in the huddle make the call. Okay? You call a running play. We well, yeah, don't have any wide receivers. <laughs> have any wide receivers. And in the script, uh, let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to it because I just want to read this whole thing. It's on page 49. Hold on. Because I just want to read this whole thing. I don't want to just read this real quick. I want to read this whole thing. You guys, it's just the last 10 pages of the script. Buckle up. Here we go. The Dylan fans look dead. Mustang fans freak. All go slow motion. Cops hold back fans from taking the field. We pan around and see the Dylan fans stunned. Keep panning to the Dylan sideline. Shocked. Keep panning to coach. Pointing. Something is laying on the field. A single yellow flag. Back to normal speed. The crowd waits to see what it means. There's a flag on the play. If that's on the Mustangs, Dylan would get one more shot. You cannot end a game on a defensive penalty. On the referee, he makes a sign for holding. Holding. Number 47, defense. The stadium erupts. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole thing. No. (laughs) However, however, my favorite part that got cut, Saracen, this is it. This is what we want. We're going to spread. Pro right, 21 heat. Smash, bring us home. They're on the two-yard line. Smash starts to leave the huddle. Riggins grabs him by his shoulder pads and says, follow me. <laughs> follow me. Wait, after I, Smash just got hurt, get behind the big he rig. touches his shoulder? Yeah. He touches I don't know what shoulder. Coach is talking about with all that battle stuff, but so the game ends <laughs> in just an, follow the big rig. Game ends in an unbelievable yet incredible way, but in the script, they wanted to take it even a step further. A flag on the play, zero seconds on the clock, a running play in which Riggins blows up three defenders at once, leveling Dang. them and taking himself out in the process, and then Smash ends up in the end zone completely untouched. And that, I'm into in the it. script, is how the Panthers win the game. Well, it's fun to write. Okay. <laughs> it's fun to write. Yeah, if you're getting paid properly. Um, <laughs> Support writer. After the game, uh, you hey, see a little hey. scene with... Lila and Tyra, a beautiful scene with Coach and Tammy. And oh my God, there's so yeah. And you know what? That scene's good. I'm gonna say something now. Yeah, because and then I have comments. Because that scene is good. Because I really like how she also in that scene talks about how you know Coach is like, I'm gonna, I'm not going back there. I'm gonna be here for the baby. And Tammy's like, No. And he's like, Well, yes, I am. And she's like, No, you're not. She's like. 
we're not going to be the reason that you give up your dream. We're not going to have all the resentment of you not getting to do your thing. And she's like, I have my dream here. Julie likes being here. You have your dream there. She's like, I don't know how we're going to make it work, but we will make it work. We have always succeeded, like making space for each other's dreams. And I think that is so mature. It's so chic. It's so great to not be codependent. And it's like another way in which she's just so mature. And it's again, it brings it full circle to my thing of not knowing how it's going to go or what the thing is, but trusting that you can handle it. All right. Yeah. See issues. Thank you. Uh, unrealistic. I call BS. No what? one. No one. I, you just did it. You? you just went to Vancouver. Yeah. Leaving no, and I hated child. it. And it was the hardest thing we've ever done. It and doesn't I, mean I, that it's not If possible, I didn't have though. to do it, if I had the choice, I never, ever would have done that. You did have the choice. You could have passed on the job. Well, I did have to provide for my family. I didn't have another option. Of oh, a does job. he? Yeah. And so he has she. a job. So does, so does she. she. They all do. She but has a job like, that she loves, and he has a new job that is a dream that he has had his whole life. It wasn't until right. Saracen says quarterbacks coach in the middle of this episode that yeah. I realized he was going to be a quarterbacks yeah, coach. He's going you. But see, you you're all in your feelings on this. I am all in my feelings, and also, you know what pissed I, me off the most? We're in Dallas. No, we're not. Those are the two most iconic buildings in Austin okay. in the background. I'm like, can you, you guys are so lazy. Just tilt the camera the other way. Yeah, that it, I was going to say that about that scene. Oh, but but the, scene where, the scene where Coach walks out of the balcony and Tammy Taylor tells him that she's pregnant. In the background, there is a building called the Frost Bank Building. It looks like an mm. owl. You cannot miss this thing. And the whole, there's a whole legend and a myth about it that the architect that you was from can look Rice up. University. We don't have time for this. From Rice University. <laughs> and that uh, he, as a, like a little middle finger to the University of Texas, he made their biggest building look like an owl, which I think That's is actually a great story. hilarious. Uh, I think it's a myth, but I think it's a very good myth. Yeah. No, we didn't go to Dallas for most of those scenes, but we did go to Dallas, we did go to Dallas. for the game. And they did a lot of really cool little things. I told coach that he deserved it at the end of the game that wasn't scripted i wanted to say the same thing to him that i said in the pilot before i walk out on the field for the last time Mm. you too coach you deserve this and i tell him you deserve this and they caught it and they kept it and it's a good bookend the care of the writers the editors not being crazy precious with what they wrote this whole everybody was trying to make an incredible thing together and when you watch a season finale like this. And this is kind of for me while actually doing this rewatch is a little bit difficult is there's a lot of emotions that come up in me from being a part of this thing and knowing that it's finished and there's no going home again, right? They say you can never go home because something will have always changed. We didn't know if we'd ever get picked up again. There were a lot of tears when we wrapped this episode in Dallas. There were a lot of we didn't know if we would be together again. Yeah, to do I was a wondering two. if you knew or not, like when you found out you were coming back. We had no idea. And we were pretty sure we weren't. We were on the edge of not getting picked up for the back nine in season one. Our ratings never got better. And there was a whole campaign by the fans to get us to come back for season two. It was a long off season and it was a long hiatus. And we weren't sure if we were ever going to come back. And especially on that day, a lot of us kind of thought this might be the end. Mm. This might be over and that was the last thing we shot for the season was going up to dallas and doing that game yeah yeah. and standing there on the field after you know getting out of your wardrobe it's much like a football player or anybody on a team like walking back onto the court in their street clothes after a big victory or a big loss and just going things will never be the same again and i don't know it it was tough to watch this season i feel like this this finale was incredible and the fact that Street 
they gave the last lines to street in the locker room about today we're champions, tomorrow we're targets. That was cool. This is a 365-day-a-year pursuit. And he knows that coach is leaving, but coach standing there silently around the corner listening with pride in his eyes and regret and with love for these kids. And he walks out and Saracen leads the craziest soap clap I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. That um, was really bad. That was now that was bad. The slow clap. You did a bad job. Sure, you yeah, did it. I was being sarcastic, but I, <laughs> in that moment, seeing all that emotion in Kyle's face, I I sobbed. I cried. I cried like a baby because this season was over, and I think this was a special season. I think it was a special season as a show. I, I think it was a special season. For I this agree team with these you. characters. I think that's why I was so disappointed in the finale because. <laughs> Yeah, why? Okay. What was your most biggest disappointment with it? I think because what I fell in love with rewatching this season was all the characters, all of like the, the, the interpersonal relationships, and it just felt like it was so much football. It just felt like football. It felt like so much football, with the, some exceptions, pregnancy, Lila Tyra, Matt Pouting, whatever. But it was just so football, and it was like, I just, I was a little bored. I disagree wholeheartedly, and that's because in the parade when they're playing Devil Town again, it is – there's no dialogue, but the way that they link all the characters together is like a tour down the journey that each of these characters has had, have had and how each of them have grown in their own ways, stumbled in their own ways, and yet they're all here still in this place. In Dylan, where it seems near impossible for some of them to be able to get out and leave. And that's what I thought was so poetic. And I thought it was incredible, man. I think this every character on this season had an incredible journey, but somehow. Also, the juxtaposition of that. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. Showing the juxtaposition of the, like, all the kids on the float having this, like, happy thing, and then showing a lot of the people in the crowd, yes, some of whom are happy and et cetera, et cetera, but also a lot of people that they got <coughs> over by these people or that they're disappointed in who they are as people. In a way, they're the Zach Guilfords, uh, you know, of the group that are kind of like, <laughs> I'm disappointed in this finale while other people are, like, on the float loving it, the Scott Porters. Um, but I feel like I loved that ju- juxtaposition. With like, that scene in the locker room, smash. with that parade, with all those things after the game, uh, state is over and so is season one. Um, does anybody have an no, overtime? No, we are overtime. I don't care. I I'm think gonna, we're too overtime for overtime. I don't but. think you are too overtime for this. I don't think you are. Here's the deal. <laughs> A lot of things were changed in this script, but none larger. And I cannot believe that I forgot that this was in here. I'm going to leave you and I'm going to leave the audience with a huge, uh, well, piece of evidence that uh, a particular storyline wasn't just brought up in season two as an answer to the network's demands or the writer's strike. Uh No, no, no. Mm -hmm. On page 56 of State, the finale of season one of Friday Night Lights, this takes place. And you can uh, buckle up because it's going to take just I'm a strapping. second. I'm strapping <clears throat> in. Rest stop, night, desolate, some parking spaces, a small building with restrooms and only a couple lights. Tyra pokes her head into the trunk, digging through her bag. Her and Lila have taken a car trip back to Dylan. They're at a rest stop. 
She feels a presence in a peripheral vision. She turns and we see Mike, the man from earlier in the season. Surprise, surprise. Get out of here, Tyra says. You're a feisty little bitch, aren't you, Mike says. And I ought to do it. I ought to try again what I did last time except for finish it this time. And then he smiles. Tyra shakes, stares at him. Maybe next time. He turns to walk away. Tyra feels herself moving, doesn't understand it. She's moving towards him. She's gaining speed. He turns to her. She has grabbed a tyrant iron. Without any thought, she smacks him with it. His body spasms in reaction. She hits him again. Mike hits the ground, lifeless. Tyra stands there for a moment, looking at him. She finally leans down, feels for a pulse. Nothing. Her eyes show just how bad this is. But it gets worse when she hears Lila. Oh my god. Tyra turns to see Lila standing there. Get in the car. Tyra, what just happened? Nothing. You didn't see anything. Get in the car now. She picks up the tire iron, and the two of them leave. Lila following. Moments later, the car screeches off into the night. And that was the end of season one of Friday Night Lights in the script. And I remember reading it and saying, what the f***? (laughs) This is so bad. (laughs) And then I remember watching the episode and saying, oh my God, to the producers, thank God you cut that storyline. It was so bad. That was the worst thing ever. And they said, yeah, no, it was terrible. And then we went back for season two. And I was like, what the f***? So, <laughs> is wrong with you? You can't help. What is your murder fascination? What is wrong with you? You can't help yourself. We can't improv out of murdering someone. We can't save you from but yourself. You tried. You like, tried. God bless you. And then, and then you think you can just pretend like, oh, Landry murdered some <laughs> guy, and we'll just never talk about it. It never happened. No, Landry should get so much better help, and he just joins the football right. team. Like, this is for the next episode, but we got to cut it. So this is the end of season one. That's what could have been. Um, Things happen in season two uh, that we will cover later. Uh, We didn't take any extra questions from the press box, but I did answer one of them earlier and how the background actors acted. No, I love it. That's a great sentence. Um, If you have uh, any scenes from season one... Anything that we missed, anything that you love that we didn't talk about, let us know, please, in the Apple Podcast rate and review section or the comment section over on YouTube. I think we will do at some point a recap episode about how we felt about season one as a whole, what we might have missed, and we definitely want to take some of your questions and hear some of your thoughts. So we will be reading. But that does wrap up season one of Friday Night Lights. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. It was pretty incredible. Very emotional for me. I don't know, Zach. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, uh, uh, yes. May, how you feeling? I'm feeling full of salad and emotional at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> let us know, everybody out there. Do you still love this season of television as much as you did the first time you watched it? Thank you for watching along with us. Thank you for listening uh, along with us. Thank you for joining us uh, for season one. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, on another episode of It's Not Only Football, Friday Night Lights and Beyond. Until then, we say no. clear eyes. A full heart. Not lose. Peace, y'all. Bye. Peace. We love you.